0: coming down and the children's church are being dismissed y'all uh, the children's church can go and choir can come down turn your Bibles to revelation chapter number twelve amen I am very thankful to be here today uh, we could actually be anywhere that we've chosen to be but uh or that we choose to be what you've chosen to be here I'm thankful for that and uh, I'm also thankful for the fact that uh Even on our worst days and even when we don't feel like it, we still have a great God. I'm thankful for the fact that even when we don't seem like we can lift our hands up and to actually praise Him, that He's still a great God. And I'm also thankful that I know He's my rock and my shelter. But I love the part that says right there, Sister Martha, that He's my very own that means is that I've got my own salvation, my own Savior, Brother Jack. He's my very own, amen? And if you want him, you're going to have to grab a hold of him too, okay? But you can't have my salvation because I'm not giving it to you, amen? Let's stand together for the reading of God's Word, Revelation chapter number 12. And uh, we don't have evening service today, and so I hope that you will... Uh, dig into your purse, share a cracker with somebody besides you because I want to worship God today and I I want to get into the word, I want to be focused on the word. And there's no one in here probably that probably needs some peanut butter crackers more than I would need. You know, my my blood sugar's been dropping out and even yesterday and stuff, so y'all could just pray that God let it stay up, amen. Just say, Lord, fill him with sugar and let him stay up, okay? Because I'm excited, and when I get excited. My blood starts flowing faster. Man, I can't, I can't get over why he loves us and why he chases us with a reckless love. I can't get over why if you only knew what I used to be. And to what I have in Christ today, then you would know why I love him so much. You would know why it moves me so much because I, like the thief on the cross, Though vile as he, he washed all my sins away. Amen. And uh, I really want, I, I've been excited. You say, Brother really, Steve, you seem like you just woke up. I've been up since 445, praying and trying to meet with God. And, uh, you, you know, I, I feel like a, uh, a squirrel in the road and figuring out, all right, Lord, which way do we go? There's a car coming. And, and I just don't want to miss him today. Amen. And uh, I want you to really, really stay focused today. And uh, you might even have to help me read. It's hard to read already being old, but it's hard to read when water's filling your eyes too. But look at chapter 12 of Revelation in verse number 1. It says, And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown with 12, storm, uh, 12 stars. It says, Is she being great with child travailing in birth and be a pain to be delivered? And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great dragon, or a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And it says, And uh, excuse me, and the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And then we'll end this one in verse 5. It says, And she brought forth a man child, a who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. Father, we love you. God, we give it all to you. All praise, all worship, all honor, and all glory, like that choir song says, goes to you who is seated on the throne and unto the Lamb. God, what a beautiful picture that it paints there of Revelation 4 and 5 that we've already been through. God, please speak to us today. Lord, let no person be interrupting into your service, into your presence, God. But, Lord, let your presence fill this place so much. God, not only that, but that it would penetrate deep into our hearts, into our souls. And, God, we ask you that you would meet uh, with us, Lord, that if we have sin, God, we confess now and say that, Lord, we ask you to forgive us, cleanse us, Lord, so that we can be prepared to receive this word of God. Lord, we come to you as asking you to wash our sins away, Lord, so that we can be able to sit down at the the master's table and, and to get some good food today. God, we ask you to speak to us like you never have before. Let your spirit be poured out upon this place. And again, Lord, I pray, God, for all those that carry baggage, for all of those that carry distractions and discouragement and all that stuff, God, let them lay it down right now where they are. Lord, in this prayer time, let them call out to you and say, God, I give you all of it. I give you all of my problems, my mind. Lord, my mind is taking me to this place. God, I give it all to you. My heart, Lord, it aches this morning because of death or sickness or friends or hurting or something going on in my family's life. God, I ask you that they would be able to lay that down, lay it aside this morning at the feet of Jesus Christ. Speak to us, God, in the way that you can. For it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. While you're being seated, I want to preach to you about the untold nativity story. Now, most of the time when we get around Christmas, we don't always go, let's read the Christmas story and go to Revelation chapter number 12 and verse number 1. Years and years ago, I sat down and I was asked to read the Christmas story. And most everyone today in our American society, when you think of the Christmas story, they always think about "twas the night before Christmas and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse, right? They, they think of that in a lot of ways because why? That's what's being pumped in and indoctrinated in over and over. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that story But I want to tell you that the Christmas story is found in the Word of God. And I remember one time sitting on a fireplace hearth, and I actually began to read the Christmas story, and a young boy looked at me and said, you can't find it in there. And I was reading from the Bible, and I said, man, the Christmas story, this is where it's from. Now, most of you, if I would have said, we're going to turn to Revelation 12, verse 1, this past Christmas, you would have went, now we're not going to be reading about the Christmas story then because that's found in where? In Matthew and in the book of Luke, chapter number 2. And what I want you to get your mind to thinking about this morning is I want you to compare those stories. Today we're actually going to have the Christmas story that's told in the sense of heaven's view and hell's view okay, a heaven and a hell style of view, and not just with our own eyes, our eyes itself, but trying to see how God saw the nativity and how even Satan, that dragon, Slewfoot, whatever you want to call him, how he saw the nativity. This is where I want to get your mind rolling also, Sister Megan. I want you to think about growing up as a little Israeli girl. I want you to think about how throughout all of your life growing up, before Christ was born, all of the prophets and all of the words of God and Isaiah and other places of Scripture, how they told Brother Jim that there was going to be a Messiah that would come one day. And that this Messiah was actually the Mashik, that he was the anointed one, that he was the Christ being that anointed one, and that he was going to be the one that would come in and do what? And that he would rule over all nations. It says that when the Christ comes in Daniel, when he prophesied about it, it said that he would put an end to a sacrifice, that he would end the transgression, that he would finish the iniquity. He would do all of these things. He was going to put an end to all of this struggle of life that we have going on right now. But they missed some of it because they didn't understand him to come as a lamb and as a sacrifice first and then coming as king of kings and the lord of lords. So think about those women. You've heard the story of the nativity. You've heard Mary and Joseph. Mary and Joseph were not married but they were engaged or as the word of God says, espoused to one another or betrothed unto one another which is actually a contract and what happens is in the betrothed is that or the betrothal is that he comes and he makes the deal with the father all right now listen ladies y'all really need to pay attention to this okay makes that deal with that father and with that young lady. But yet when he says he's going to marry her, then he leaves and goes away. And do you know what he does? He goes back to his father's house. And on the extension of his father's house, Brother Matt, he begins to build and prepare a room, an abode or a dwelling place. And he begins to build on the side of that. And when then all things are completed, what he does at the marriage when he comes in, you never know when it's going to take place. You don't know when the bridegroom is actually come but you need to be ready at all times because he's coming back. Martha said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I love this part, I would have told you. You know what Jesus is saying in our country terms? If it wasn't true, I ain't going to say it. Amen. And he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Why? Because we are betrothed unto the Lord God Almighty. Amen. And what did he do? He went to the Father's house to build us a dwelling place. And he's coming back someday. and We don't know the hour nor the day wherein he comes. But he's coming back to receive us. And what are we to do? Be ready. Now put your mindset all the way back to being that Mary. All you ladies that are in here, young ladies, 15, up around in that area. All of you think about it. You've heard the prophecies about the birth of the Son of God. You've heard the prophecies from Isaiah that he would be born of a virgin. You've heard all of these things that it would be Emmanuel, which would be God in the flesh, God with us. Emmanuel was not just mentioned in Luke and in Matthew, but it was prophesied about by the prophet Isaiah. And think of all of those young women and those young men wondering in their whole lives as their father read them the Scriptures, as they heard the scribes read the Scriptures, as they heard the priests read the Scriptures, I wonder if it's me. I wonder if it could be me. Now, some of you go, well, what do you mean by that, that, Brother Steve? Listen, what do we do? We're looking back at the cross. Jesus said, Brother Carl, he's going away to prepare a place. What are we doing? I wonder if God's coming back in my lifetime. I wonder if the Son is going to rapture me out before I actually die. Any of y'all ever think about good stuff like that? Amen? If you don't, you really need to think on some good things every now and then. He could come back right now. And I'm telling you right now, I'd feel pretty good. Hey, man, I feel like I can already fly up there, but I'm not going to jump on anybody on the front row or do any crowd-surfing, but I'm excited this morning. Why? Because the same way they anticipated the birth of Christ, we anticipate the rapture of the church and the second coming of Christ. And now here we are looking at this, and we go, wow. What a story. What what kind of nativity scene would go on? I want you to look at these things. There's three wonders that it talks about. In verse number one, it talks about three different wonders that are going to happen. I think of these things, and it's actually even more, but it's three for today, okay? That's all I could get in in one day, and I don't even know if we can get them all in just yet, okay? So y'all have to bear with me. But these wonders are the wonders of the world, amen? They're greater than the pyramids in Egypt. They're greater than the Golden Gate Bridge out in San Francisco. These are the great wonders. And the first one that you See, is a woman, Amen. The first one you see is this woman. You know, a lot of Christians today, and a lot of people that preach from the Bible, they get kind of uh, pushed aside, and they they are always depicted as people that are putting women aside because the Word of God's written in a masculine form, and and it has you know man always, which sometimes means mankind or humanity and stuff like that. And you think for some reason that you're taken away from the woman, but I want to tell you something. God has a beautiful and special place for these women. He has a beautiful plan. He has a beautiful ministry. And I'll show you in this woman right here. Look at verse number one. The Bible says that, And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet. And upon her head, it says, crown of twelve stars. Verse two is in there also. It says, And she being, great, or, or she being with child, cried, travailing in birth, and pained to be delivered. When you look at this woman, the Bible says, first of all, I want you to look at these three things. She's clothed with the sun, and the moon is under her feet, and she has on her head a crown of those 12 stars. And when you look at that, you see this description of the woman. If you're taking notes today, I wanted you to write these things out. But you see this beautiful description of this woman that she is portrayed as clothed with sun, standing and upheld by the moon and has a crown on her head with 12 stars inside the crown. Now, some of us, when we look at that, we go, what in the world? You know what I mean? This isn't a Charlie Brown Christmas story, Brother Steve. You know what I mean? We need some Linus to come on stage and to be able to explain this stuff to us. No, we need to look at the complete Word of God. If you're writing in your notes, just pin this down. Genesis chapter 37, and you can go back and read that chapter. You'll understand. How many of you ever heard of a guy in the Bible by the name of Joseph? Anybody heard of the guy named Joseph? Joseph was what? dreamer dreaming joseph you remember he was the dreamer he was the guy that saw the visions he saw all these things do you remember that in genesis chapter 37 joseph had two really defining dreams in his life it got him in trouble it got him sold to the ishmaelites (laughs) it almost got him killed and the dreams were this he said guys he got with his other brothers he had 11 brothers and it said that he got with them and he said guys i had a dream last night and y'all ain't gonna believe brother ever what was going on he said we were out in the field and there was this one bundle of sheaves, it was huge and it was big and it was standing in the middle but then there were 11 more that were, st- that were around that one in the middle but they were given obeisance or they were giving worship or they were bowing down to the one in the middle and you know what the 11 brothers said what are you talking about Willis and what are you talking about Joseph you mean to tell us that you're going to be ruling over us, you mean to say that you're going to be greater than we are Who are you to say that you're going to do all these things? And Joseph's just saying, hey guys, listen, I just had a dream about it and just trying to figure out what God's wanting me to do. If you look at the dream, you'll understand that the Bible says as he was sold off what Satan intended for harm, God meant for good. When he was sold off, he went into the land of Egypt underneath the Pharaohs. And what happened? Do you remember what happened? There were seven good years and seven bad years. And he taught them that in those seven good years, you need to store up all you can of all the harvest and bring it all together in the seven bad years. Years, you'll be able to feed from that. And you know what happened to Joseph? His brothers actually came starving and needing something, and they had to come before Joseph. <laughs> Amen. I had a dream last night. You know what I mean? I, I didn't have a dream last night. I didn't have time to have a dream. I was so excited about coming to church. The second dream was this. The Bible says that he went in there and he told his mother and his father and all of his brothers, he said, I had another dream. He said, The dream was this. He said, I dreamed that the sun and the moon and 11 stars. Okay? And you can see all the brothers. If you were a brother, you know what I'm talking about. You can see the 11 brothers going, here he goes again. We're going to have to do something about him. When you get done, I'm taking you outside. Right? Said the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars gave obeisance, or they bowed down to him. And you know what his dad said? You mean to tell me, son, that we're going to bow down to you? You mean to tell me that you're going to be greater than your mother and I? That you, one star, is going to be greater than all of that? And you know what ended up happening? Exactly what God showed him in a dream. And if you look at this, what was Joseph doing? All of that stuff coming out where all the children of Israel, all of those tribes, this woman and her description, who are we talking about? Some people say we're talking about Mary. This is not Mary. This can't be Mary, church, because even later in scriptures, it says this woman flees and goes to the wilderness for 1,260 days, which is talking about all of Israel. It's not talking about just Mary and it also could not be talking about the New Testament church. This woman is not a representation. Now, the church, uh, Sister Amy, is called a lot of times the, uh, the bride of Christ. It's talking about in a feminine reference, talks about her as being the church or, or she, even us today. If we're going to go over here to Waterstone and we're going to worship together, then what we would say is we're going to join in with our sister church in worship because of that feminine kind of area of that we're the bride of Christ. Amen? And Christ is the head. And so looking at that, you say, well, why can't it be the church? Because the church didn't bring Jesus into the picture. Jesus brought the church into the picture. Amen? Let me say that again so you'll amen that one. I'm going to give you time. Work it up. Do this, right? The church didn't bring Jesus in. Jesus brought the church in. Amen? Amen. You did good that time, all right? you got to keep it going for the rest of the day. Keep your mouth watered and ready to go. The, The Bible says that this is Israel. Why? Because looking back into these scriptures, that sun and that moon and all of those stars is a representation of Israel and what God did with all of Israel. Here's what the Bible says in Romans chapter number 9, verses 4 and 5. It says, These are the Israelites to whom pertains the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises, whose are the fathers, and of whom as concerning the flesh Christ came, who is over all, God blessed forever. Amen. Amen. The Bible says that the children of Israel, that they are God's chosen nation. And in the book of Romans chapter number 9, you can read that and you'll understand as I was talking with some people this week, that that is God not showing that he just saved Israel, but that God chose Israel as a nation to bring what? To bring his son through so that all would be saved. You know what it means, Brother Donald? It means that through the nation of Israel, Jesus the Messiah would come through. And that's why God told Abraham what? He said, I will bless all nations because of thee. I will bless those that bless thee. And I will curse those that curse thee. And so in this description, it's talking about this wonderful picture of the nation of Israel that they're going to bring Jesus in. Amen. Come on, don't you like that? Here's the second thing. Let's look at the defense of this woman. They're going to be in all days today, so you can go home and remember it all. All right? Look at the defense of this woman. The Bible says in that verse, she's clothed, cradled, and crowned. I love that part. Clothed, cradled, and crowned with the presence of God. Look at what it says, clothed with the sun, moons under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars upon her head. Now, you look at that, and you almost look in some ways and think that's some kind of pagan god idol or something like that. But what God is showing you is that she is clothed with God's sun, with God's moon, with the 12 stars. Listen, I don't really want to blow your mind this morning. I want you to kind of focus just for a little bit. But we talk about these things, and I tried to you know, share it with my wife and try to share it with my nephew and try to get this stuff out. Sometimes I go so fast that, we miss out on things, and I'm no scientist, so please don't misunderstand me, but I love science. I love everything about it. I love chemistry. I love how things work. Uh, one of my favorite shows is, you know, how things are made and how things are working and how it comes on, you know. Um, I, ever since I was a kid, I loved taking stuff apart, and I loved it when people said, you'll never put it back together, because when I got through, I'd go, here, here you go, ha-ha, you know. I love doing that. You know, what I want you to think about for a moment is what is What is light? A lot of people, when you look at light, you think that these fluorescent bulbs are light. You think the sun out there that is uh, burning brightly and that that is light itself. But looking at the scriptures, we know that it could not be that bulbs are light, the sun is light, and the moon is light. We understand that they emit and they heat up and they actually make the rays and the electromagnetic, all this stuff go together. And I want to explain that to you. But the Bible says in Genesis chapter number 1 on the first day that God said, let there be light. Amen. It says that it filled the whole earth because darkness covered the earth, but light filled the whole earth. And when it filled the whole earth, you know what happened? The Bible actually says that it separated day from night. But then you read on the fourth day in Genesis that the Bible says that God said, let there be a greater light, which was the sun, and a lesser light, which was the moon. And he said, let the greater light, brother Matt, rule by day, and the lesser light to rule by night. And then it also says in this, it says, and then let there be stars. And the stars are what? They're not for light itself, but they are for the beauty of God's majesty and his handiwork. Amen? And so when you look at all of that stuff that's out there, and from science, I don't understand it all. I do know we have uh, telescopes and other camera lenses that can actually pick up way out there, even galaxies, and they tell us that there's, there's even some places and some stars and some moons and some suns that are bigger than the one that we have. Some of them say that there's some 40 million times bigger than the one that we have and you look at it and you go man well the sun is what the light is or the moon is what the light is or reflecting the light but when you look at it it's actually defined in science is that we have those waves that are around us right now we have you know you can't see all of it okay which is really good that you can't see it all we have these waves, and we have this electric wave that's going in, and it has its axis, and it's moving. Right now, there's electricity flowing. Hey, it's the Holy Spirit of God, amen. Yeah. You have the electricity that's flowing, but you also have a magnetic wave that's going in this direction. It has a different axis, and so if I could do that at the same time, kind of like doing this at the same time, if you could do it at the same time, they're actually running together with one another, but one is running on one axis, and the other is doing this. And you say, well, what does it matter, Brother Steve? It's because it creates this kind of heat, and it also creates this atmosphere where things can be seen. Now, radio waves, AM radio waves and FM radio waves, they're like me in a marathon. They're slow. They actually say that some of the radio waves can be as broad as what Jupiter is. What? Some of those waves. But then when you move on in, then you come into how many of you are hunters in here? Anybody hunt deer? Any men, just grunt for me. Thank you, all right? How many of you men, <laughs> I was going to ask you that you hunt at night with, with, with lights and stuff. That way we could get you. But you don't do that. That is illegal. But you have now what's called infrared. You have these goggles you can stick on and they're infrared vision. And you, you, we can't see that normally, right? Anybody in here, can, can, is anybody blessed with infrared vision? No, but you know what it is? The reason we can't see it is because what we see is actually moving faster, but infrared waves are like radio waves, and then it moves up a little bit faster are these infrared waves. But that animal, that squirrel, that dog, that cat, that, that, that person, whatever it is, because their body has the heat and that is emanating off of them, when you put those goggles on, you can actually see that because the goggles, Brother Carl, slows down the wave so that we can see it. Everybody with me? I know some of you are thinking, what in the world does have to do with anything? Bear with me. There's always a point. But then well, here we go into this new thing. How many of you have ever seen a rainbow before? How many of you have found the pot of gold at the end of it? No? Okay, it's not there. <laughs> so, but when you see the rainbow, what is it, Andrew? The Roy G. B. of red, orange, yellow. You know what I mean? You get all those colors. You know why? Because the red moves at a slow rate. And so it creates in our eyes. God wonderfully, beautifully created us, church. Listen, I feel like high-fiving a bunch of people. Just one person, amen. Listen, he beautifully created us. And the red, the reason that we see it red is because the waves are moving at the pace that we can see it, but it's the slowest one. The same way, how many of you love to look at the sunsets? And the sunsets, Brother Mitch, when you look at them, you can't just stand up there at high noon and look at that thing. I mean, you can for a while, and then you're going to be black, like you can't see anything in the spots on there. But the sunset's beautiful, isn't it? Why? Because it begins to take on that color because of the rays that are in it are now being reflected, and they're slowing down. And so you see this different color. And then all of a sudden, you get into the orange, and it moves a little faster, and the yellow, it moves a little faster, and you keep going. But that is as far as we can see. In the rainbow scale, it's called the electromagnetic sphere or, or electromagnetic spectrum. And that's all we can see. How many of you remember the days when the color television came out? Come on. huh? Do you remember that TV used to turn off like shows used to go off? You didn't have all-night TV. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? That the end of the night when TV went off, they played what? They had an American flag up there (laughs) and played the national anthem. You know what I mean? All of that stuff. And then it went off. But when it went off on your TV, you saw this spectrum of colors that were on there. That's all we can see. Because why? That's all our minds and our brains can gather because it's moving. Here's another cool thing, all right? Then you move into the x-ray. How many of you ever wanted to be Superman when you were growing up? You know what I mean? And have that x-ray vision, right? Some of you for the wrong reasons, wrong purpose. Or that x-ray vision. Why? So Superman was cool. He could look through walls. He could leap tall buildings, right? There was no bird, no plane. It was Superman. And brother, Jack, he could look through the buildings. And there's actually a scientist that created this, that he created this vacuum-sealed glass chamber. And he put an electrode in there that was electricity. And he had an anode in there that had a lens that would shoot. And he turned that electricity up one day on accident trying to, create stuff and all of a sudden this board on his wall he had that whole lens covered up with cardboard but the board on the outside of the wall was glowing purple like a fluorescent color and he looked at it and it was going through the cardboard and so what he did is exactly what i would have done and he started getting things and started putting it in front of the lot and it was going through it and it was still on the wall And it was going through it, but then he noticed he stuck his hand up there. And when he looked on the wall, he could see his bones. It was an x-ray. He could see his bones inside of all of that. Now you know how an x-ray works, right? And see all that stuff. And then we move on into the Hulk stages of gamma rays, right? And I'm not even going to go there. But that's when they actually break down atoms and protons, neutrons, all of these things, and created the atom bomb. We can't see it with this. And you say, well, what do you say, Brother Steve? What I'm saying about this woman is she was clothed with the sun, held up by the moon, and she had 12 stars upon her head, upon the crown of her head. What it means is is she had God's presence all around. Did you know right now if I was to tell these guys right out here to turn the lights off, these lights right here would still have light. Did you know that even if we were in the pitch dark right now in this room and we had all this up, all this stuff sealed in here, light itself as far as the rays that are there would still be there but it's when it is engaged or it is amplified or it is turned on and has power that it's there. And what I'm telling you is the presence of God in Genesis chapter 1 when he said, let there be light, what it was was this. He said, let my presence be in all of the earth. Let my presence Feel the voidness of this earth. Let all the darkness of evil be repelled, but let my presence be in here. And we have the ability, church, to do what? To have the presence of God with us at all times. And this woman was clothed with the sun. She was upheld by the moon. And what it means is is that God was all over Israel. That wherever they walked, God was with her. If she was in the wilderness, God was there. If she was in the desert, God was there. If she was on the mountain, God was there. And if I'm in the valley, God's there. If I'm on the mountain, God is there. You know why? Because there is a constant presence of God that's flowing in my life. But the key is this. Sometimes the Holy Spirit of God, boom, it's turned up. And when it's turned up, man, it's visible. And you see God moving. And you see God doing all these things. I I don't know about y'all, but that's pretty good to me. I like having the presence of God. The Bible says this woman had all of these things. Listen, here's the third thing for the woman, and we may not get very far, but the third thing for the woman is the discomfort of this woman. This woman was in travail, and she was in pain. She had the presence of God, but she was in pain. And you know why she was in pain? Because it takes us all the way back to creation again. Not just in creation, but it takes us all the way back to the condemnation in the beginning. You remember Genesis chapter 3, if you'll write that on the side right there, Genesis chapter number 3, you'll understand what I'm talking about if you go and read it. The Bible says that Eve was deceived and she ate the fruit and gave to her husband which was with her. The Bible says that whenever they were all judged and condemned by God's sentence, all of them were present there. Where the mat it says that unto the woman he said this. Oh, excuse me, first. Unto the serpent he said this. Unto the woman he said this. Unto Adam he said this. They were all present. They all knew what was going to happen. Adam knew that he'd work by the sweat of his brow and he'd go back to the dust. But what that means is by the sin of one man we all die. That's what it means. Eve knew what? What was her sentence? What was her condemnation? That through childbirth she would be in pain that she would be in travail. But she also knew in another scripture that the Bible says that this woman would be in such pain and in such childbirth because Satan was going to be coming against her. The Bible says that she would travail. You know what happened to Israel? Let me stop for a moment and let's talk about Israel for just a little bit. Do you know what happened to Israel? Of all the nations on the face of this earth, when they were called out, y'all do know that Israel... Abraham was called out of nothing, nobody, out of the land of Ur from his father's house at the age of 75. God said, son, it's time for you to leave your daddy's house. You're 75. Put the Nintendo down and let's go. Right? And he called him out of his father's house. Nothing. He had nothing. And he said, go and I will give you, show you a land that I will give you. Abraham didn't say, where is it at, God? Abraham got up and he went. And when he left, he had all of his stuff. And the Bible says that God caused Abraham, brother Andrew, to go all the way down into Israel. And he had a place where he built an altar there. And he met with God and knew all that stuff. But Abraham went into Egypt because why? Because of famine, not trusting. And he went down in there and, listen, he told him that his descendants would be held here in captivity for 400 years, that they would be in slavery and all of this stuff. When God called Israel out, what did he want to do? He didn't look at Abraham and go, hey, I'm, I just, I've chosen you just to save you. No, 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 no. He chose him to be a father of many nations, to have a seed that would be blessed beyond the sands and numbers of the sands of the sea and beyond the numbers, brother Brian, of the stars of heaven. And what he was saying was is that through this people I will bring my son. And what was he doing, Brother Jim? He was saying, I need a people that will be pure, that will be blood covenant people, and that they will keep their race and keep everything pure. I need a people to do this and to bring my son. Why? Because God's whole plan was he was going to bring his son into the earth someday. And so he had to have the people to do that. He didn't look down, Brother Matt. and go, I I think more about you or I think more about you. He chose Abraham, but Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. In other words, God credited his account with holiness and righteousness because he believed God, amen? But listen to this. Hang with me, amen? Some of you wake up, amen? I have no idea how you could sleep through all this stuff. Hey, all of a sudden, when he chose that nation of people to bring his son in, There has never been another nation on this earth that has suffered like Israel. The Babylonians, Nimrod, all his crazy people, the Chaldeans, which were the Babylonians in a different branch, the Assyrians, the Medes, and the Persians, they came in, Ross, over and over and over and destroyed them. They would come in and build a temple and build a city and boom, they'd be destroyed by some other nation. All of a sudden, the Medes and the Persians would come in and boom, destroy them. All of a sudden, the Assyrians, boom, would destroy them. The Philippines, uh, not the Philippines, the Philistines, boom, and destroy them. That ought to wake some of you up. Boom, and destroy them over and over and over. Listen, not only that, but listen, Rome, boom, destroy them. But those nations, Brother Reggie, are no more. Greece, no more, but Israel, it's like you could kill all, they're they're like roaches, you could kill every one of them, and then all of a sudden, somewhere in Nova Scotia, one of them pops up and goes, hello, I am from Israel, right? You know, you get rid of them all. It's like telemarketing, phone calls, and you just get, you put that do not call list. And then all of a sudden, months later, someone calls and goes, hello, you know, and they have that Hebrew language, you know. And it's like you can't get rid of them. Why? Why? Because God chose them as a nation. God didn't choose them just to save, but God chose them as a nation to bring his son. And God's not finished with them. And he's going to do a great work. And here's that woman. She's great with child. She's ready to be delivered. And she's in birth pains. And what's going on? Listen, I'm not going to be able to go to the others because I'll tell you, honestly, honestly, I have about two more hours. And I can't. I can't go through all of that. It just blows your mind. I get so excited. Because of the fact that God's not finished with them. Read Romans 9, 10, and 11. You'll understand, man, it just it stirred me up. I got so excited this week, understanding that God's not through with them. In chapter 11, he tells us, he says, listen, if you are wild olive branches that are grafted onto the family tree, he said, don't you think that I can't go and get the natural ones and put them back on anytime I want? And the, there's this woman, and, and think about the birth. Think about all of it. Church, i want to close with this this morning. I want you to think just for a moment. I, w- I want you to think about this, this woman and how I started out with that nativity scene. And I said, you know, what if you were a young lady back in those days anticipating, could, could I be the one? Have you ever stopped for a moment and thought about Mary and how Mary and, and Joseph did not argue about it? How Joseph was, you know, mindful he, that, that he wasn't going to just get rid of her. Do you ever think about what Mary said? You know, she said, how could this be when the angel of the Lord came and said it? How could this be seeing I know not a man? But you know what Mary ended up saying at the end after the angel reminded her of God's words that were prophesied about? Be it as the Lord has said. Basically, she just said, allow whatever is going to happen unto me as the Lord has said. And you know, there's too many people today that glorify Mary. They call her mother, and they put her in a big, huge pedestal seat and stuff like that. And I just, I'm, not, I'm not, not knocking, and I'm not browbeating or anything like that. I just want you to understand that when we're talking about that, Mary would be no different than any of you and I that are in here. She was an obedient, favored, blessed woman of God. That's it. Amen. That's it. The story of the nativity is not about the woman itself as much as what was going to be birthed through that. Listen, I'm going to leave you with this part right here. Maybe Britt can find it. But Genesis chapter number 3, verse number 15 is where I want to close with. Brandon and Andrew, y'all can go ahead and come on back. In the very beginning, there is this thing that we call in whatever you want to call the uh, 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 church religion or whatever, you know, um, evangelism, Evangelion. Evangelion is, just simply means this right here. Stay with me. If, if y'all could get the light and the magnetic thing, then I mean, y'all got all this stuff right here, okay? But it's called Evangelion. And what it means is is that good news is to be shared. But when you look at it in this sense, th- this is actually called in a lot of our books when going to seminary and school, they call it the proto or proto-evangelion. And you say, well, what is that? It's actually two words that's mixed up together. We know evangelion is evangelism, which means good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. But when you put that proto at the beginning of it, it means first. It means the first. And so this is actually the first time in your Bible that the gospel is mentioned. Right here in Genesis chapter number 3 and verse number 15. In the punishment, he told Adam that you would work by the sweat of your brow. He told Eve that she would be in pain in childbirth. He told Satan he would crawl upon his belly and be the lowest of all things, which basically he was just telling him already what he was. And, and, and you stop and think about it with me just for a moment. The Bible says, and I'm not going to use the scriptures, so don't go there, but in Isaiah we'll talk about it maybe another day. The Bible says, O Lucifer, how thou art fallen. And if you know about Lucifer, Lucifer's another name for the devil, Belzebub, whatever you want to call him, Satan, shlewfoot, dragon, whatever you want to call him. He was an angel of God that illuminated the throne of God. But the Bible says, Brother Edward, that he was filled with that pride to where he wanted the seat of God. He wanted to be above God. He wanted to be above all the angels and wanted to be above God. And we'll learn about that next week. But it says, O Lucifer, how thou art fallen. And Lucifer wanted this huge position. So look, if we were thinking about it in these terms, Lucifer wanted this seat up here and wanted to stand up there. But in this scripture, go back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. In this scripture, it tells in the sense, he says, you'll never have that, but you'll be lower than the dust of the earth. Satan fell, Brother Jim, all the way from being at the throne of God All the way, Brother Matt, he said, you'll be crawling on your belly and be lower than the cattle and the dust. Fail. And he was showing Satan his position. But look at the gospel, this first gospel. It says, and I will put enmity between the woman and thee. It says, between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. He said, there's going to be division. Division. There's going to be enmity. You know what? Enmity is going to be strife and fighting. Constantly, he said, it's going to be between you and the woman. You and the woman. Why? Why, church? Why did God say that in the very beginning in Genesis? He said, between your seed and her seed. Because Satan is always ready to devour. He was trying his best to get rid of Christ because Christ was going to come through the seed of woman. Not through the seed of man. Joseph is not the daddy. And Montel, and he may have said it better, but Joseph ain't the daddy. Amen? Uh-uh. God's the daddy. He was born through the seed of a woman. And he said, listen, when that seed comes, he said, it's going to bruise thy head. And you will bruise his heel. What is he saying in that, church? He says he's going to stomp your head. You said, "Bro, Steve, I, it's just a bruise." You know, I'm not talking about you touching your wife on her arm under here where the, that, you know what I'm talking about? The wings are, and they go, "Oh, you're going to bruise me!" No, 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 no. Bruise means what? It means that the skin and the uh, epidermis has been crushed and the capillaries and the vessels inside that, that skin has been crushed and they're bleeding out, which causes the purple and yellowish and green effect, right? Because why? It's been crushed. The Bible says that Satan's head, his dominion, and his power, amen, and all of his glory is going to be crushed, amen. It's going to be crushed. And you know what God says? And all you're going to do is just bruise his heel. And you might crush his heel, but it's because his heel is going to come in on top of you, amen. Now, I know the passive Christianity today and our socialist people, we go, oh, well, Brother Steve, that's a little bit mean. That's a little bit firm, don't you think? No, 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 no. I look at it as he comes in. If he's a baseball player, he's put them up by 15, and they have called the game for grace. If they're a basketball team, they're winning 77 to 14, and they're still shooting threes, amen? Listen, if it's a football team, they're running it down their throat, and it's 222 to nothing. He's going to crush him. He's going to end it all, amen. But he's got to come through, and he was coming through Israel. And what I'm trying to get to today is that we should thank God for the nation of Israel. Israel's not where my salvation lies, it lies in Jesus that came through. But when, think of it this way, when he was birthed, I'm closing, I promise I'm stopping. When he was birthed, the fulfillment of what God told Abraham came true all nations shall be blessed because of you all nations you know what that means red, yellow, black and white the vilest sinner of lowest degree that can be saved amen brother Steve that's good all of them living he loved me dying he saved me buried he carried my sins far away but rising he justified me freely forever and one day he's coming what a glorious day What a glorious day. Church, I'm asking you this morning, if you're not saved, to come to Christ.